So our reading is from Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 to 9, and in the Red Church Bible, it's page 1201. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking, but there is a place where someone has testified. What is mankind that you are mindful of them, a son of man that you care for him? You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honour and put everything under their feet. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honour because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. In our series, looking at the book of Hebrews. So if you've got your Bible with you, then turn to chapter 2. If you've got, like uh, Maggie read, the the church Bibles, if you've got one of those, turn to to Hebrews chapter 2. It's on page 1201. If you're following on uh, uh, mobile or tablet, I've got no idea what page you're on. I've got no idea what page you're on, but hopefully you're on Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2. Hoping that something's going to appear. We had some glitches trying to get this set up earlier. Anyway, I'll, let, I'll let Pete fight with that one. We're looking at Hebrews today, and if we're completely honest, we have all drifted away from Jesus. At some point in our lives, we may not have drifted as far today as we have done in the past. But he's still not close. It's not that he's gone away from us, but we have drifted away from him. So how far have you drifted away from God? Do you feel like you are close to him? Or is he so far in the distance that you can barely see him? I'm not asking, have you drifted away from God? But how far? Because if we are truly honest with ourselves, we have drifted away from him. Thank you. We have drifted away from him. And our passage that we're looking at tonight will help us to focus again and again on the salvation message that comes through Jesus. Because it's that salvation message that keeps us from drifting. Now, I've always thought... That the book of Hebrews was a difficult book to understand. It was written to believers in Jesus, but with a grounding in the Jewish faith. They were living in the first century. Sort of getting there. They were in the Jewish faith. They were living in the first century in the Roman Empire. But that's not the world I live in. I'm not... Jewish by faith. I'm Portuguese by birth, English by upbringing. I don't live in the first century 
I live in the 21st century. And I'm not in the Roman Empire. But I'm in a country that's part of Europe, I think. I don't face the same things that those people did. Or do I? Or do I? This book was written, Hebrews, was written to a group of individuals who believed that Jesus is God. He walked this earth and he died to restore their relationship with God. Okay, I believe that Jesus is God. I don't think it's moving on anymore. I believe that Jesus is God. I believe that he walked this earth. And I believe that he died to restore my relationship with God. So that's, that's the same. But Hebrews is written into a particular situation where those early believers needed to hear a particular message. They needed to hear that Jesus is utterly and completely supreme, no matter what might happen in their lives, and that Christians should stick with him and with him alone. That sounds like it might be relevant to me. That sounds like it might be relevant to you too, doesn't it? The message of Hebrews is here to help us in many situations. Our brothers and sisters back in the first century would have faced situations where they were called names, where they would have struggled at work for believing in Jesus, where they couldn't have taken part in the same parties as their friends, where they would have been given the worst jobs to do, where they would have been ridiculed because people didn't understand why they did the things they did. They didn't understand their faith. And for those early Christians, it would have been so much easier to be tempted to drift away from their faith to a much easier life. That happens in our lives. We might get bullied at school. We might get bullied at work or with our friends or with our family. We might get called names. We, we don't enjoy the same life that other people do. And these things might cause us to think, you know what? I haven't got time to spend praying to you, God. I'm too tired. I've been too battered by my week to do it. I haven't got the energy to go to church today and meet with people who, with the best will in the world, might ask me how my week has been, and it has been dreadful. I don't have the headspace to read your words today. So we drift away from God to a different life. And that's why we need to study the book of Hebrews. That's why we need to draw on the messages that are here in Hebrews. This is the only full sermon that we have recorded for us. It's a sermon given to people who would have been really knowledgeable about things like angels and really knowledgeable about Old Testament sacrifices. These are things that aren't so clear and obvious to us, which is why the book can feel difficult to read. It can be tempting to skip over this bit of God's word and go to something that's much easier to do. But we are blessed to live where we do and have the resources that we do have around us to to help us mine the hope that this book can bring to you and to me today. For example, in our passage tonight, we're told, don't drift away from the message of salvation. Last week, James took us through the... The first chapter of the book where we read that Jesus is so much more superior to angels. The image that James left me with, and I don't know if he left you guys with it as well, was of of an angel being a tiny speck and Jesus being a massive wave. He is so much more powerful, so much more supreme than any angel. 
we could ever imagine. And we don't even think about angels in the same way as they would have done in the first century. We think of angels as, as fluffy little creatures with wings that float around strumming their harps. But in the first century, they would have understood what angels were. They were fierce, awe-inspiring creatures, like armed soldiers, strong, powerful messengers from God. And that's who Jesus is infinitely more powerful than. So to the early listeners of Hebrews, they would have been reminded how infinitely more powerful Jesus was to angels. And our text for today, from chapter 2, verse 1, builds on from that. We must pay careful attention, therefore, not to drift away from the message of salvation that we have. I want to tell you a story about a family holiday that we had. It was just a day trip down to Pevensey Bay on the south coast. I don't know if any of you have ever been there. It's a beautiful long beach with sand. And on a summer's day, it's a great place to go. And we went there, and we were doing all sorts of things on the beach, having lots of fun. Um, and we normally took some, some, some toys with us, some things to do with us while we're down there. We took an inflatable boat with us, but we also had an inflatable dolphin. An inflatable dolphin. And that was one of the best things that the kids loved to play with. This dolphin, they would ride on it, and they'd push each other off it, and they'd pull each other along on it. And they really enjoyed themselves in the water. But one moment, one of the kids fell off it. And as parents, we went to, to make sure that the, the child was all right. I can't remember exactly which one it was. Um, but one of the children fell off. Liddy's pointing to herself. <laughs> um, one of the children fell, And we ran to help her. We ran to help her. But then this inflatable dolphin started drifting and drifting and drifting away started drifting further and further away from the beach. It was a calm day. There was barely any surf. But it just started going further and further into the English Channel. We're going to come back to the dolphin a bit later and find out the rest of the story. But actually, that's an image for us to think about when we're going through life. It's really easy for those currents of life, those winds of life, to just push us gently away from safety, gently away from Jesus, gently away from his message of salvation for us. Verse 1 says, we must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. The next few verses talk of a couple of things. They talk of a consequence to drifting away, but a certainty we can have in the message that keeps us secure. Firstly, the consequence. It says this. (laughs) It says this. It says, from verse 2, For if the message spoken by angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its punishment... How shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? In the first century, they thought that when Moses was given the Ten Commandments, that actually angels had given it to him. That actually they'd been the messengers who'd brought that from God to Moses. So when they're talking about the message spoken by angels, they're talking about those Ten Commandments that then went on to to lead to the rest of the Old Testament way of living, the way of sacrificing to make up for the broken relationship between people and God. 
The message spoken by angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received, received its just punishment. If that was true, then how should we escape the judgment and the punishment that is due for a much bigger message that we get from Jesus and the salvation he won for us? There is a real consequence to not listening to the message of salvation from Jesus. There is a real consequence. For me, I started chasing after that dolphin. I started swimming out to try and get that dolphin. I felt like I was swimming for hours. Probably about three minutes. But I got so far away from the beach that when I looked back, I didn't feel that safe. I didn't feel that safe. There was a consequence to me doing what I was doing. And that dolphin just seemed to slowly get further and further away. There was a consequence to that. And there's a consequence to ignoring the message that Jesus brings. Don't drift away because the punishment is more dreadful than you could ever imagine. We can't escape this punishment on our own efforts. We need somebody to help us. And we're going to come back to that message of salvation in a bit. But I want to turn to the second part of the verses that we saw here. Peter, are you able to move us on to the next one? Please. Um, well, verses, uh, the second part of verse 3 and verse 4. This salvation was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. This message of salvation came to us through Jesus himself. We have his words recorded for us in the Bible. The things he said, the things he did, and the Bible is so reliable that even people who are not believers, scholars who know this stuff really well, agree that it is a true and reliable document. But also, as if that wasn't enough, Jesus, God himself here on earth, also hundreds of people witnessed his resurrection, many of whom would have still been alive at the time that Hebrews was written, so they could have been found and asked for their own eyewitness account of what happened that first Easter but as if that wasn't enough, we get the message confirmed through signs, wonders, and various miracles. We still see miracles happening today. We, some people pass them off as coincidences or things that just can't be explained yet. But I think there's a great word that I heard a few years ago, that they are God incidences. They're where God has broken into this world again and done something that absolutely blows our minds. Jesus Witnesses, signs, wonders, and various miracles. As if that wasn't enough, we can trust in this promise of salvation because of gifts of the Holy Spirit that are distributed through the church. We see people who, in their own skills, in their own experience, in their own abilities, would never be able to do things they can do because God enables them to do it. God equips them to do it. These verses are packed with four different ways that we can have absolute assurance that this message of salvation is true. We can still drift away. We can do that 
outside of the church, but we can also do that in the church. It's easy to be busy doing things for him and for others, so busy that we lose sight of the salvation and just do things to be good people. Now, don't get me wrong, it's right and it's good to bless other people by helping them out or by leading a group or by teaching in a youth group or by singing in the music group or by serving the teas and coffees or by cleaning the church building, whatever it is. But we need to guard against why we're doing that. Are we drifting into a different kind of life? Are we drifting into a kind of life where we're doing it for ourselves rather than focusing on Jesus' act of salvation for us? The first part of that verse that we had right at the beginning was pay careful attention, therefore, to what we've heard so that we do not drift. We can drift. But it's the message that we've heard that is the important thing. That's the bit that we have to pay careful attention to. So what is this salvation message? What is the message that Jesus came to give to us? He gave it to us through his words, through his actions, through his miracles, Ultimately, through his death on the cross and his resurrection, his rising again from the dead. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, it says this, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. He provided purification for sins. Through his death, he made it possible for us sinful, broken people to have a restored relationship with God, with our Father in heaven. In verse 9 of the section that we were looking at today, but we see Jesus, remember Jesus, who's supremely more superior than the angels. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels. Code for you and me, made human, lower than the angels. Who's made lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honour in heaven, seated beside God, because he suffered death. So that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone, on our behalf, so that we don't have to. Jesus is greater than the angels, we've already seen, but he was made lower than the angels. He became, just like you, just like me, a mere human but only for a while, because now he's crowned with glory and honour. Jesus' saving work for us is the message that those first century believers had heard and that we also have heard. We've heard this message. It might be that we heard it as little babies from loving parents or from Sunday school teachers or from youth workers or from a, a charismatic evangelistic preacher at a big event or from a humble stumbling preacher in a local chapel somewhere. Or maybe here tonight you're hearing it for the first time. No matter how it happened, we have heard this message. We've heard this message that we need to be purified of our sins so that we can be with a holy and perfect God for eternity. But we can't sort that problem out ourselves. But Jesus graciously took our sin on himself so that we would be purified. He suffered death so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. He tasted death for you and me so that we don't have to. 
That's the message we've heard, isn't it? That's the, that's the good news that we want to share. That's the, the gospel that we want to be telling others about. But we drift away from this good news. It doesn't strike us every day with such force that everything else is driven from our minds. We drift like that dolphin. Jesus' salvation plan drifts off into the lanes, the shipping lanes of the English Channel, just like a dim speck on the horizon. That was a problem in the first century, and it's still a problem today. And the preacher of this sermon in Hebrews warns his readers that this is a real problem. And if we drift off, there are barriers that stop us even trying to come back to God. When that dolphin was drifting off, I was full of pride. I wanted to be super dad, who would swim the channel to save his daughter's inflatable dolphin. Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? I wanted to trust in my own efforts to achieve what needed to be achieved. But I couldn't do it. It was drifting further and further away. And as it drifted further and further away, I realized that I would have to turn around and be embarrassed by my failure. I wasn't good enough. I couldn't do it. I would have to look at the disappointed face of my little child and know that I'd let her down. My efforts weren't good enough. I I needed someone else to do it. And in the end, I needed somebody that looked really unlikely to be able to succeed at the task. While we were on the beach, a boy came down onto the beach and said that he'd go and get it. He was only maybe 12, 13, 14. He said he'd go and get this dolphin, which by now was miles out. But actually, he was properly equipped to do the job. He had a life preserver, and he had a canoe. And he had his dad with him. The two of them went out, got the dolphin, brought it back. And it can be the same with Jesus' message of salvation. We can be so full of pride that we don't want to listen to the message. We've lived a good life so far. We don't need his help. Thank you very much. We've done a lot for our church and our pride can make us drift further and further away from the message of salvation. Sometimes our pride can even blind us to the fact that we have drifted away from God. Or we can be so embarrassed by how far we are away from God that turning back to him is hard. We are so embarrassed about how we've treated him that we can't even look him in the face. Yes, we might have been on fire for him once, but now... Now we're too ashamed to go back to him. But the message for us is don't drift away from this message of salvation that we have. Don't be so full of pride. Don't be so embarrassed. Instead, submerge yourself in the message of salvation. Read about the events you find recorded in the Bible about Jesus. This time of year is a perfect time for that. This week is a perfect time for that. Next Sunday is Easter Sunday, the most glorious and wonderful day in the year. It's better than any birthday, better than Christmas, better than any other day, because that day we really focus on the salvation that Jesus won for us on that cross 2,000 years ago. We focus on the death he defeated 2,000 years ago. We need to focus on the God-given, 
Jesus bought's message of salvation. Because that's what keeps us from drifting away. I'm going to pray and then we're going to have a few minutes around our tables. The questions hopefully will come up on, on the board. There are two questions to discuss. Um, but let me pray first before we do that. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this time we can spend together. We want to thank you for this message that we have in Hebrews that reminds us that the best thing to help us through life is to focus on the message of salvation that we have. That act of salvation that was so so jaw-dropping, so unexpected, so, so not what we would do. Father, help us to focus on it. Help us to, to see if there's anything that's stopping us from listening to it and anything that's making us drift away from that message of salvation. Father, we pray that we do that now in your son's precious name. Amen. Amen. Two questions should come up, I'm hoping, on the board. Should be the, Pete, should be the last slide. Okay, okay, we've got the two questions up there now. And the first one is, can you see that you drift away from Jesus? So that's the first one. I'll probably spend the least time on that one. But actually take that one away as a question to think about yourselves. Can you see that you drift away from Jesus? And I'm sorry that it's got a little bit mixed up at the bottom. But the bottom one is, how can you get closer day by day to the message of salvation? How can you get closer day by day to the message of salvation? So that's the two questions to focus on.